two, one, and we are rolling. Folks, welcome to a special first edition episode of The Sidelines, episode 19 in our podcast, but the first episode coming to your screens. Uh, but for those of you listening on Spotify and Google and Apple, well, we're still in your ears. My name's uh, Court Sage Hart. I'm your host. I'm joined by my other friend, host. It's me, Court OTP. How's it going, mate? I'm good. Now, uh, using the, again, the beauty of technology, we are dialed in with a special guest all the way via the US, but in Germany, our good friend Jonah. How are you, mate? Hey, doing good. Um, happy to like represent the rest of the world for your, for your podcast. <laughs> yeah. Bringing that international flavor to the show. I'm feeling like uh, this must be how like the Europeans feel in the Ryder Cup. Like it's just just representing the rest of the world against like one. So <laughs> the, the tables have been turned on me. Yeah, it's good. It's nice to see you finally doing something, lifting your weight. <laughs> rest of world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit of integration could, goes a long way. Now, mate, we brought you on the show a few weeks back or a month or so back, and due to some tech issues, that episode didn't get up. So there's a mysterious episode out there in the ether. Um, but that's on hold for the Patreon members, right? Ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the uncut bootleg footage that'll make it out onto the internet when one of us gets engulfed in a scandal. <laughs> so any day now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. matter of time. Yeah, just a matter of time. In fact, I can hear the police swarming outside my house now, but that's all good. Um, But Jonah, look, for those that are listening in, mate, we'd love it if you just give us a little bit of a background, where you're from, a little bit of your sporting journey and what you're doing these days. Yeah. um, So I'm originally from Indiana in the Midwest of the US. Um, So very much for anybody that's watched Hoosiers, that was more or less my, my sporting childhood, like athletically challenged um but attempting to make basketball work you know as a little rotund white boy so <laughs> <laughs> that 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 was about as successful as you would expect <laughs> there were, uh, and so then i so i grew up i grew up playing basically every every sport that i could from uh golf even though no one in my family knew how to play um basketball american football um your absolute dumpster fire, like community rec league, soccer, you name it. Um, and then kind of just, you know, maintained like being a fan was really involved in sports a little time, like entertain the idea of like full on coaching. And then when I get to, when I got to uni, I was, I did a study abroad semester in England and actually got to fill in as the English university's head basketball coach in like a really weird twist of events. <laughs> and we just unleashed like a, absolutely righteous two, three zone on the Eastern European immigrants that were living in England at the time. So (laughs) (laughs) that's another thing, but, uh, but yeah, so I just kind of, I got involved in a lot of like international opportunities and got into a position where I was working international relations for unis and got an opportunity to come and work in that kind of field here in Germany. So I I ended up making the big move, um, staying like tapped into local sports here by like a season ticket holder for, uh, FC Augsburg for people that know where the hell in the universe that is is basically like uh, our uh, our drive from Munich. So I'm down in the south in Bavaria Lederhosen land. But yeah, so that's kind of like my my background and how I came to be where I am in this interesting place in time and space. What is the uh, Bundesliga like in terms of atmosphere, the German soccer league for people listening in or German football league for oh, other people? Sure. I, I think from 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 like a an in stadium experience it's absolutely fantastic they've um they've got like their ultras kind of thing like the there's definitely the the pop smoke banners kind of like fans and my season ticket is in that type of section but over like on the side where you like people just kind of get like a little bit older and like fatter like that's kind of like where i <laughs> like where where i'm stationed um but uh, it, it, it's the in-stadium experience is still fantastic because there la- there's large sections that are still standing blocks like you used to see um, in England before, like all of the stadium disasters that they kind of had with crowd control. But those type of sections still still exist in the Bundesliga. So the atmosphere on game day is, is really, really unbelievable and you can get swept up in it. And then the sport, because of the way that anticipation builds and climaxes at different times, like the 
the the thrill especially cheering for like a, a very mediocre team like whenever you get those once a season moments where you like draw Bayern Munich at home I we, I we had one of those last year like in the 92nd or 93rd minute we scored a late equalizer to steal two points from basically from like the Yankees yeah. felt amazing <laughs> like in the, in the whole like you it's like a hugging strangers kind of thing and so the the, the atmosphere is really for me kind of like unmatched but uh, like obviously there are things that would match it. I just haven't experienced them. Yeah, awesome. No man, it's uh, there's something to be told about going for a, a team that is neither just so absurdly brilliant, but also not absolute trash. Just a nice middle tier where you can take good solace and just a nice win every now and then. Oh, it really is brilliant, especially with like uh, whatever promotion relegation is on the table. So like, uh. Augsburg specifically has like up until the mid two thousands had never even been in the first division. Um, but then last year we just celebrated surviving for 10 straight years. So like when we came up, we we've stayed up, but like always by the skid of our teeth, <laughs> like <laughs> never in like some kind of like, Oh yeah, we were really safe. Like kind of moment. It's always coming down the last couple of weeks and they released like an entire like marketing campaign on like 10 years of survival, like t-shirts, Instagram swipe like bombs the whole thing. Uh, it it like they've had like a really good sense of humor about knowing who they are, and it so that's been cool. That's awesome. Uh, oh, I love that. But um, look, while we've got you as our for the time being our our major American sports correspondent, yeah, or, US, and, you know, U.S. and European correspondent, yeah, rest rest of world. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, it'd be a good time to sort of touch on you know the state of play. Uh, for the American scene at the moment. So the big one, which, you know, it's towards the tail end, you know, it's, there's no no getting around the fact that COVID is pretty well rife and changed how sports viewed. But I sort of was going to ask you, like, so not a lot of people have been to baseball games. Uh, that's factual. You know, a lot of people have seen NBA games, uh, NFL less so, but even then there's another tier that probably haven't seen baseball games. But I feel like objectively – a baseball game is built from going like it is, you know, it's, it's not a sport where, you know, some people obviously love it. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not going one way or the other, but you know, it's all about going there. You have beers for hours on end. You either sit in the sun, you applaud when some other people applaud because you feel like you missed something. And then before you know it, it's the bottom of the six innings and nothing's really happened. Yeah. I, that's, I mean, that's basically a dead on description. How, baseball games how those fit into or baseball as a sport how that fits into my life like quite frankly i'm i'm a hater and <laughs> it it's from a it's from this perspective of like i played when i was a kid and then just never continued playing and then it really becomes like the thing that's kind of on tv when you don't really want to be watching tv like you've got something else you're doing and then the game's just kind of like on um but then like from the in-game experience, there's really only two activities, like have your beers with your boys and try not to get smoked by a baseball. Yeah. Like the, that, that's essentially it. Like everyone knows a person that's been hit and like why we don't have nets on the side of the field is beyond me, but people get clocked every year. Well, and so I'm always yeah. trying to just keep my head on a swivel. Well, that's half the fun, right? Cause then the theory being the more beers you have <laughs> with the boys, the higher likelihood of getting smoked with a baseball. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly yeah but i mean i so i will always defend baseball from like a live a live sports perfect like perspective like going to a game and the social experience of going is is brilliant because it's the kind of thing where you can kind of get swept up in the moments of things that happen every now and then when they actually happen but it's really about like who you go to the game with the experience of going like the cult like the the ritual of it uh, so without that i mean you, you kind of see like where the game is and especially it's like the, the viewership for baseball and the, I guess the demographic for it is really kind of vanishing mm -hmm. with a little bit of the baby boomer generation a little bit. So what you have is like most of the people that really, really care about baseball are at those games and now they aren't. And so the, the game just feels really hollow to see on TV with nobody in attendance, like more so than the other ones, like you said. Yeah, I was going to say, so I, like all the same, like I think that that's the one that's lacking the most. Like NFL, you can make a case for it that it still kind of holds up uh, in a presentation format because that's sort of how it's built. 
like the game is sort of built to be around that. They, 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 oh, there's always a replay. There's always a one of the 17 different sideline reporters commenting <laughs> on what just happened. Like it's it's very well designed for that. NBA like it misses a lot from the crowd, but again, it's action commentary. Boom, 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 boom. Um, look, it's not the same with again. Nothing's the same without fans. But well, the NBA they've been able because it's a smaller arena too. They've been able to make it like a nightclub. Light screens, yeah, yeah like yeah. baseball's so big and expansive. Um, you know, I think the equivalent is like test match cricket for us in Australia. You know, you got five days of cricket, the action's quite slow, few and far between. Take out the crowd, and it's just you're watching dudes at a park. I, I think that's like you're like, Courts, you're really hitting on the key. I think there is that there, there's a few different things happening. There's the there's the aesthetic of the sport itself, like how does it look without a crowd? Then the feel of it, the emotion of it. Um, games like like cricket, like American baseball, that without the tension building from the atmosphere. I mean, in that way, um, soccer, like football, is, is is also kind of that way. And I think why they felt so compelled to pump in crowd noise, like yeah, without that kind of environment the game like it's it's a game of moments and without that tension building in the crowd it's kind of hard to get into it from a viewer perspective um but then a game that's all action like afl like nfl like nba you can you can kind of get is if there's like kind of something like a little bit visually happening like if the camera is trained right that's what you're used to seeing anyway yeah and so it it kind of to me it doesn't have as big of an impact on sports like that that are more action oriented. They keep your focus on that than ones that are more like moments and tension oriented. Yeah, it is a big that 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 tension. I think that's the biggest thing that um, is probably the the unwritten thing that people didn't really realize the crowds actually bought. I mean, everyone always talks about it, but when you take it away, it's that's the most noticeable thing in every yeah. sport. There is no tension. There is no. Yeah you know, instant reaction. There's no blatant calls like that all happens, but it's that the tension of what's going to happen. And that's when the athletes themselves have pressure. That's when you, you know, is it actually going to build? Whereas, you know, there's that sense that, you know, there's still pressure, but they can go back to, you know, whatever it is they do to get into their own zones and whatnot. I was going to say, speaking, speaking of zones, touching on the other big one uh, at the moment, not going to deep dive onto it too much, but, we are witness probably to the greatest athlete of all time at the moment. So not going to question you too much on a LeBron greatness thing at the moment, because we're going to probably save that for another podcast. But at the moment, uh, for those not aware, LeBron's going for another ring with the Lakers. We'll see how that sort of transcribes uh, very soon, but either way, the man has now probably cemented himself as the greatest athlete in a sport, irrespective. What was it like over for you over there, like seeing all the guys sort of talk about him? I know he's a he's a decisive figure, but yeah. So I in the U.S., I think you get more of like these goat greatest of all time, like oriented arguments. Um, but now that I'm kind of like this like time zone conqueror trying to like stand in stand in Europe, be like tapped into us sports. It's um, it's funny how much more like appreciation for LeBron and what he's doing from like a longevity standpoint, you kind of get here, like the vibe here. If you talk NBA with somebody here, um, they likely got sucked in because of Dirk, like Dirk Nowitzki. And (laughs) and, um, the pride of Germany. the pride the pride of germany from, from Würzburg. um but so like they're they're coming into it from like an aspect where they the player that they're all connected to played for like 21 years with one team and so i think they kind of have like a little bit more of an inherent respect for the longevity of what lebron's doing and, and so there's there's less of a conversation of like him or mj and it's more of like are we all aware of like what he's up to and i think that kind of fits my perspective too. I like his, his greatness, irrespective of who you're trying to compare him to, like across sports or within his own sport or whatever at this point is just like, it's absolutely silly. Like this dude is old. <laughs> like it, it doesn't matter. Oh, like again, like we were sort of having a bit of a chat before, but in every other sport, like there's, 
like we always talk about golf a fair bit. So you could sit there and make a case that golfers as a whole, their career on paper should be longer. Uh, it's, it's historically not a sport that is built and dominated by athletes who need to stay at this ultimate prime. But even then, our last great, great all-time golfer, Tiger, he broke down, you know, back surgery, three back surgeries, did his knee, did everything, rebuilt it, mm-hmm. luck. Yeah. No, not lucked his way. That's not the term I want to use. But he won a Masters, great performance. But it's safe to say he's probably not going to win anything else now. But again, LeBron is still he, dunking like head up near the rim, like it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, if like just in those two cases, I feel like you just juxtapose that and you think about how long it kind of took Tiger in the sport of golf to get back to like a physical place where he could be in contention at majors again. And LeBron has been in like what eight out of the last nine finals. Yeah. Like with, with no real serious, like physical injuries, like just like from a health perspective, that's insane. Like whatever kind of body recovery program he's on that, that should be the stuff of textbooks. Yeah. It's unbelievable durability. Cause he's 35. He's going to be 36. He still blows down the lane like an absolute freight train. Well, and, and think about think about like how much how much absolute hot air we give to the evolution of the game from like '90s Shaquille O'Neal, Hakeem Olajuwon center oriented bully ball to like the three point revolution. He spans all of that without skipping a beat, yeah. being an MVP candidate every single year. So like, not only is he like physically durable, he's era durable. Like it doesn't matter what style of the game you're playing. LeBron's the dude. Yeah. He's that guy you got to go through. And that's just unbelievable from a standpoint of we're talking about like a pro sports landscape where most primes are somewhere between like four to six years. Yeah. And he's been doing this since he's 19 and he's close to 40. Yeah. Like in our conversation earlier, I mentioned like, I remember like, I'm an old man <laughs> by, by my calculations now. I'm an old man. I remember like when LeBron's first shoe came out and I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And now I'm certifiably ancient and that dude's still out here playing. Yeah. Yeah. Like if the shower temperature is not perfect, I'm not getting in because it sends <laughs> aches and pains into areas of my body that I didn't know I had. If I don't shower at a hot enough temperature, I can't move. (laughs) (laughs) I am sending back all kinds of soups in restaurants if the temperature is not (laughs) scorching hot. (laughs) I have genuine takes about the weather. Yeah. And this guy's still out here hooping. Like he doesn't, nothing affects this guy. It's, It's really unreal. Like when you think about it from just the perspective of, I, I, and I, I see like it, other sports comparisons like uh, tennis, Ped's your big, your big tennis sport. Like there are a couple guys, like Federer's kind of flirting with that like level of greatness. May, are there any other athletes you would even put in that conversation? Look, you can't even say Nadal because Nadal broke down. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he's on the precipice at any point. Federer's close, but Federer's sort of doing that gamey thing at the moment where He's electing to yeah, not yeah, yeah. play. Um, you know, he doesn't mm-hmm. play in the French anymore because he's sort of like, you know, I'm probably not going to win the French, so someone else just do it. It's you know, you, you might say it's you know, he's checked out a few games just to save the tanks. Like he's putting his effort into the Australian Open, specifically Wimbledon, because he's still he's still always yeah. a crack grass favorite. court. Yeah. Um, and then when he took the US Open this, I mean, this year is different because of COVID, so he had like a clean up surgery in his knee because if you're ever going to have a year for surgery to rebuild why not why not Mm. but yeah other than that i I really can't think of any pure athlete who's just dominated effectively from day one to now i got two and they play get it they play in the same sport and they're about about lebron's age Alex Alexandra Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby oh, in the NHL. Good, good call. Good call. Good call. But again, freak athletes. I mean, Ovechkin is a freak and he's from Russia. Yeah. So who knows what petrol he's putting in the body. 
Echoes of Drago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he even has that vibe. Like his head is a shape of a head that I've never seen in another human being before. There's some forehead dynamics going on with Ovechkin. Yeah. That I, like... like it's it's a very wind resistant head for a guy that flies over the ice. His aerodynamics are poor at best. <laughs> like he's not a Formula One car in build. He is a semi truck. Yeah, he's not transferring to like horse jockey anytime soon. But look, I'm a, I look. I, those two are amazing. They're still very much at the top of the game. However, they're both not the best players in the league anymore at their age. They're still producing at a super high quality. LeBron is scarily the best player in the league. Yeah. And and I get and, and Crosby has had some of those nagging injury issues yeah. throughout. I mean obviously at no fault of his own. He was eating shots, but Ove- yeah. yeah. I mean Ovechkin basically finally won his cup and then has just partied and lived it up since. But then to be fair, he's he's Getting close-ish to go after Gretzky's all-time goal record, which would be amazing. I saw that. How many does he have to average for how many years to kind of get him? I think like... another 40 or 50 in that realm for another couple of mm-hmm. years. But, you know, the guy still gets the puck and scores. The best thing about him, and <laughs> I was just thinking about it before, you know, because Tampa Bay Lightning won the cup the other week, um, mm-hmm. and every player gets their day with the Stanley Cup trophy. A lot of our U.S. colleagues and friends who might listen to this would know. You get to take the cup for the day, and there's this special guy that goes with the Stanley Cup to sort of look after it when it's with the players. The one, oh, the, the one time it's ever gone missing from his view was in Russia when Ovechkin took it. <laughs> <laughs> so Ovechkin went on some bender and disappeared with the cup for three days, and the guy had no idea where it was. And the amazing conspiracy theory coming out is that the Russians did a switcheroo with the real Stanley Cup. <laughs> so while it was away for a few days, it was some elite, like, bootleg Stanley Cup being crafted that then got sent back with Ovechkin. This this tracks like so we're entering now AP tinfoil hat territory. If we <laughs> want right. to pull out, like here we go new 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 segment tinfoil hats with AP. That tracks for me because I don't know if people know this. Vladimir Putin has a Super Bowl championship ring, and it's not it's not a a fabricated one it's not like a you know like when you get like the world cup trophy then you give it back and then you get like a a reproduced one no 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 he has robert Kraft, the owner of the patriots super bowl ring there was some situation happened where robert Kraft was included with like a private jet of like u.s business owners that flew over to have some kind of like ambassador meeting with putin and some high-ranking like russian officials and for some reason, Kraft was like, oh, yeah, here, you could try the ring on. And then Putin was like, cool, thanks for the gift. <laughs> My ring now. It's a crazy uh, story. And then George Bush writes. So George W. Bush was the president at the time, writes to Kraft. And he's like, hey, man, diplomatic reasons, you can't try to get that ring back. Kiss you got to just let him have it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just got to, you just got to say like sayonara to the, to your, like, got like what, I, I don't know, like $2 million ring. Like just here, here I, you go, Putin. I've seen video footage of him essentially coercing these Russian businessmen into like signing their companies over to the state. And he kind of goes around this table and they're all going, no, 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 we're not signing. And he just eyeballs them and says, you'll sign this. And he gives them a pen out of his suit coat takes it out, hands him a pen. They all get forced to sign it. And then as he's walking out, they're all looking at him. He's like, give me back my pen. <laughs> Who's got my pen? Like, and it's like a cheap, shitty pen. Like it wasn't like a flash, you know, it's not like a Mont Blanc pen. It was just it's some big... crappy biro. And he's just grabbed it, put it back in the suit coat, looked at them all, and then just slammed the door and walked out. I was like, man is clearly not a great human, but sure knows how to leave his mark on a room. There's some, there's some, there's some big alpha moves happening there that like, <laughs> we, we should, are really like uncomfortable in terms of like how we're thinking about masculinity at this point. <laughs> like, you can imagine, you can imagine him just like that door closes and then he just like disrobes down to like the waist and then just starts cranking out reps on the bench. Like <laughs> every time he sees world politics, he just looks at the TV screen at some leader and he's just like beta. 
Beta male. <laughs> oh man, but that—that's yeah. a man right there that wants to settle arguments by arm wrestling. Yeah, like, no question about it. Like, but look, uh, speaking of uh, big personalities, the reason we—well, not one of the one of the reasons we got you on is when we were chatting to you way back when we started the show. You're one of our earliest fans and supporters, so much love for that. But you flagged with us your intent to provide an article to our website, which I am constantly shocked at the amount of traffic we get to our website. Uh, but that's a whole nother story. But look, Jonah, you have crafted this awesome article. I think it's something that everybody's going to be able to relate to it. I'll let you explain what it is and what it's about. And then I just thought we'd just unpack a little few tidbits and then encourage our listeners to go to the sidelines.com.au to read it um but fire away mate yeah so when i when i first knew that i was going to get the opportunity to to do a little bit of work for my favorite podcast um (laughs) i i knew kind of how i wanted to chip in like i wanted to i wanted to write something that would be um that would be able to like transition over cultures like so that you could read it and regardless of like what sport you were into you could like you could see yourself in what I was writing. Mm. And that's how I knew I wanted to to write about the greatest athlete that no one knows about. Um, and that's that's all of our fathers, <laughs> every last one. So so everyone knows or anyone that's ever spoken to their dad is is aware of how their dad was the most physically dominant presence in whatever locality and sport of choice was was going down. Uh, so I wrote it from like my perspective of my dad kind of like winding these long tales for me, like waxing poetic on the wrong side of a six pack of Coors Light, like just about how he was just like the greatest thing since sliced bread when it came to basketball <laughs> and that his skill in basketball could cause you to ignore the fact that he was only like one meter seven and around like a buck 15 kilos. Like that's, a, that's not, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about how he was an athletic dynamo that was capable of locking down any team's best player as long as being absolutely wet from three. <laughs> and it's, it's also irrelevant that when my dad played basketball, there was no three-point line. You can't get hung up on these types of details. Like You just have to look into his misty eyes and get sucked in to this like nostalgic retelling of how he was, in fact, the greatest. And, and then you would, you would naturally transition to thinking like, well, if you were some kind of like sports Jesus incarnate, what, what kept you from the big time? Like, why did that not happen? <laughs> He's already on top of that. He can explain to you in clear detail, in mind-numbing detail, over a long period of time, <laughs> just, just very specifically what derailed his athletic path to greatness. Yeah, classic like, dad tires. So, yeah, like, you know, so everyone knows, like, if his knee just would not have given out on him, <laughs> we'd be talking about the guy that won four straight national championships in college basketball and, and rewrote everything we know about the modern game. Like, that, just simply the fact that, like, would you put that much explosive athletic force into one joint? How much can you really ask of your ACL and MCL and meniscus? They're they're just not going to hold up. We're talking about a man who's moving that much weight with the force of like Russell Westbrook launching into outer space. (laughs) We haven't devised like biomechanics or like any kind of like biomedicine that can build a knee that withstand that over the course of an entire season. So just like that, he was out. I was going to say, how are you supposed to combat that? You can't. It's impossible. And so that's how, you know, you, you resign yourself to the fate of like, all right, well, I guess it wasn't just meant, just wasn't meant to be. And then that's whenever you finish off perhaps your first beer into the second six pack (laughs) while gazing off into that Southern Indiana sunset. (laughs) Who doesn't love a good Indiana sunset, right? Perfect story, perfect storytelling sunset. I suspect. I you suspect correct, my friend. <laughs> this is as you as you walk through your own kind of like field of dreams cornrows and let your hands brush the tassels, 
as your dad tells you about how he was like Charles Barkley if Charles Barkley actually gave a shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like the level that we're speaking of. Like it, the the kind of storytelling that really just it just hits different. Just gonna say that one. So again, we premised that we're not gonna uh, delve too deeply into the entire article because it will be a you know plug. Get to the uh, the sidelines website and have a read. Uh, but in conjunction with the body that's just unable to be equipped to deal with that, the the common counter argument to also double down that is the coach. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. Coach was an asshat. <laughs> um, so, like, somehow, when you're in a school of only 200 people that must select a basketball team of 12 people, men, so you know, from 100 guys, you got to pick 12, and then from that, five are going to start. Dad's kept out of the starting lineup by some jackass coach that doesn't understand what he's got on his hands. And I'll be damned if that coach didn't keep my dad's ass squarely on the bench <laughs> and it just completely robbed that small town community of a state championship. And everybody. LeBron would have been talking about how he built his game off your dad. It wouldn't be it would be no books about the book of basketball. It'd be the book of Jonah's dad. We we should be getting the full sit down, like Bob Lee interview with Bill Russell, and Bill Russell explaining about how my dad could potentially be the most underrated force in the history of the game. <laughs> and while Bill Russell sits there and he clinks like all 10 of his rings together, or no, 11, more than what he has fingers. And he'd be talk like talking about how he could really credit my dad with like developing the, the theoretical approach to the modern game. But no, instead, some podunk PE teacher from Southern Indiana who barely finished his bachelor's degree and thinks just because it's more important that his son plays <laughs> yeah. that we're going to run a slow down offense. So like that coach's pudgy kid can chunk up like a whole bunch of elbow jumpers yeah. instead of letting my dad play. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And it always like those stories always have some sort of sentence, like imagine that at the end. So it's always like, imagine that like, Gets his fat kid Tyson into the game. It's always a fat kid's always called Tyson for some reason. But yeah, gets like Tyson in. And imagine that. Imagine sacrificing the whole town's glory over a petty personal issue with me. Imagine that. And then, like, obviously, that justifies the eventual, like, emotional blow up that my father has. <laughs> yeah. Like, how long was I supposed to sit there and take that? <laughs> how long do I have to watch him? brick jumpers with no arch while I sit there understanding that I could take the game by the scruff of the neck and dunk it into next century. <laughs> so, I mean, at that point it makes complete sense that my dad takes the game ball and punts it into the rafters <laughs> in front of like a thousand Amish people. Yeah. At that point it makes sense. They applauded it. They knew it was yeah, coming. Yeah. <laughs> the, the tension was building. Yeah. The coach one is a classic. I find it's always uh, like I think back to my dad and I felt like my dad, if I ever said to him, like if I came home and said, I want to do this or play this, he always had some reference to how he knows how to do that. He was good at it. So it'd be like, thinking about playing tennis, I was elite. Thinking about playing football. <laughs> yeah, man, I was great football. I could teach you. Thinking about playing cricket. Oh, have you seen me on the cricket field? Thinking about playing Monopoly. Unbelievable Monopoly player. Like, just... <laughs> How do you back that up? Oh, uh, uh, ask your uncle, mate. He knows. He knows. There's always someone else that you can't get a hold of that knows. There's always a guy. There was always a guy. Oh, that's one of the key things here is there's never documentary evidence. Yeah. There's, there's, no, there's no tape. There's no newspaper articles. Yeah. Like he, he, the way that dads talk, they'd have you believe that there's some kind of like force of nature approaching folklore. Yeah. <laughs> They whispered about like, in towns further down. It would be like Robert Redford, the natural level shit. <laughs> and somehow like there's no like, oh, was this before like written history? Like why, why is there no like, yeah. why is there no record of it? Not even like a school newsletter? <laughs> it would legitimately be like Clint Eastwood strolling down 
in his old westerns. That's your old man, and people are behind doors whispering like, "That's the guy. That's the guy who doesn't matter what he does. He's, he's shh, don't say, anything. don't look." <laughs> If you if you make too much eye contact, you'll be pregnant. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it's like just ask your mother about that. Camera pans to your mom, who is clearly disgusted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just shaking the head, or it's always like, oh yeah, yeah, like oh, I nearly won the game. Like, uh, and then the mu- your mum's there, like you did. He's like. Yeah, yeah, just ask uh, Stuart. You remember Stuart? Who? Yeah, Stuart. You remember Stuart? I had Stuart? it on my boot. It yeah. was all there. Yeah. And then like five minutes later, Stuart then becomes, yeah, so like if you don't believe me, just ask Sam. I thought it was Stuart. No, Sam Stuart. You know, like Sammy Stuart. Yeah, like. Oh, we, called him, we called him Sammy for short because it's just one time that we were at yeah. the pub and he did this other thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Sammy Sam Stuart, Jim. You know, you know. <laughs> so look, I think Again, we can we're gonna to wanna to unpack the whole thing, but the one true question is what are the stories that you already have prepped, ready to go to your kids? Yeah. Or other kids, or nearby yes. kids, yeah, or us, or strangers. All <laughs> so I, I know like for me, whenever it comes time to communicate my greatness to to my child, um should the earth be disgraced with a, with a kid coming from me? The, I, I know that it's simply, I was ahead of my time. That the, had I been born, probably roughly the time that my child was born, I would have been a dead, like, dead ringer for success. That there, there, all that simply happened was that the game had not evolved at the pace that my own interpretation of the game had already developed. Mm. Um, and so that's why an an overweight, undersized player was not successful in high school for no other reason. It's simply that the the evolution of the game wasn't ready for me. Like that's that's what happened. Yeah, Cordo, what are you going with? Uh, well, just quickly, I would also like to point out that not one of us has objected to lying to our future children or anybody about the oh, greatness. No. no one's going. Oh no, I wouldn't do that. We're all going. Yeah, hard in the paint. <laughs> I'm doing that. <laughs> Oh, I'm I like I've given serious thought about how I will lie to my child. Like it's not like will I, it's how 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 far will I go? You've like done table and readings of the scripts with other people. There there will be there will be much suffering of my child in my own amusement. That that is at least known. Yeah, that that much we know. <laughs> I've always wanted to or always thought in my head uh, and this is just because my dad, I remember my dad telling me this too. Uh, I love the variation of the career ending injury. Like, I know we touched on it before, yeah. but the career ending injury or the injury that happened in a very sort of innocuous fashion that then affected other sports. So for me, it'd always be like, oh, I would have been so good at AFL, but when I was uh, an under 13 boxer, uh, I, ac- I accidentally got uh, punched in the left eye. It was the weirdest thing. Like, so I knocked him out, but then as he was falling down, I kind of slipped and I hit my eye on the ring post. So therefore my footy career was derailed by the eye injury that I now carry. Uh, well, yeah. it, the, the key, the key fact there is that it's like no credit can be given to anyone on the other team or like the opposing athlete. Yeah. Like it's not, yeah. it's not, <laughs> it's always like, I somehow, like in my moment of glory, like overlooked it a little bit of like my own safety. Yeah. And that's why yeah. I got hurt. Like, it's not like, oh, I got done in by the dude who smoked me in the grill. Like, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. No, like no. he, it, I slipped on his sweat. I wasn't even sweating. <laughs> like it wasn't work for me. Like, <laughs> like my cardio, my cardio was amazing. I wasn't, uh, I didn't slip on my sweat. <laughs> like all the coaches were even talking about how in shape I was. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was a topic of conversation. Like. Yeah, Men's Health Magazine. You ever see that? I was page forty-seven in nineteen eighty-four. Like, <laughs> that's that's your dad's six-pack right there. There's no face on that picture, but it's me. Yeah, it's me. yeah that guy up there in the background of the photo. Yeah, that's me. My shoulders were so big, I had to go way back so I could fit in the photo. 
in, in my area it's always like some kind of like so i grew up in a rural area so it's always like some kind of like sports adjacent activity mm. like oh i got thrown from the four-wheeler like from the atv or uh, water skiing or like something like that like it's always that type of activity or like working on the farm like ah yeah if i wouldn't have like you know if i would have tweaked my foot jumping off the hay wagon you know <laughs> then you know you know it was going down ap what about you mate what are you gonna tell the little a pizzles when they, <laughs> when they come out with their big necks <laughs> those little a pizzle piss missiles <laughs> yeah. look i'm thinking I would definitely go that I took the high road and spread my talents across too many different categories and sports. Yeah. So I mm. couldn't just focus mm. on one because that was not allowing the greater people and public to see me effectively pretty much dominate in every sport I played. But as a consequence, it meant that I had to give up ultimate glory in any one of them. Mm. So really, I'm the hero. I, yeah. I saved everybody that. You made space for others. Yeah. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say like, <laughs> you'd lie about the timelines. You'd be like, Look, I was gonna go to college and play, but your mom got pregnant. It was an accident, <laughs> so I I relinquished my sporting career to be your dad. And then it's like, but that doesn't oh, make sense because oh. you didn't go to college and. <laughs> No, but this is important because it lays it at your feet. Exactly. Like this is this is this is the ultimate transfer. Yeah. Like this is the the idea of like, ooh, I now I, I look upon my son and I realize where my life went off the went off to shit. <laughs> yeah. Like it's and it's right here in front of me. Like Yeah. So many angles. The whole like, Dad, can I have money to buy a car? My sporting career. No. <laughs> <laughs> How can you ask me something like that when you took the NBA away from me? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think the danger is if I went too far down the rabbit hole with that whole angle, I'd end up pushing the kid like hardcore. I'd be like a prom mum, <laughs> you know, like a, a a peewee hockey mum that's just like, oh yes, uh, my son David, he is the best. Have you seen him? And just be pushing him to like train, doing Pilates when he's in, you know, year six, like. <laughs> hardcore dude you just you just gave me my next article it, it's definitely going to be about the mastery of the rules that my mom had from the stands <laughs> yeah. yeah good the so I, I have to like just very quickly there was um there was a time when i was playing in a uh like this amateur like circuit basketball league kind of similar to courts the like the youth hockey oh, yeah. thing you were talking about this like traveling league yeah and we were playing in a, a, a big tournament where you're playing like multiple games in a day, this kind of, this kind of thing, like a, a U15 ish level. And my mom is just giving the ref absolute hell from the stands, <laughs> like for most of the game in a, in a heated game, but also an athletic endeavor for children. This is not serious. <laughs> but at one point, my mom yells at him. The classic, are you blind? <laughs> yes. And the ref just so happened to be wearing quite thick sunglasses, like not sunglasses, but like prescription sun, uh, prescription glasses. And he blows the whistle, calls the play dead, turns and looks up into my mom in the crowd and goes, actually, I am a little bit. <laughs> I hope it was in that time. has to be delivered in that tone. Like, yeah. The most like you've hurt me, ma'am. <laughs> but that's when that's when your mom just should have doubled down and then turned to other people in the crowd and be like, "Fucking nerd!" Like you gotta own it. Look at, look at this. Look at this. Look at this blind clown. Yeah, you gotta like, own it. <laughs> well, the the funny thing is, is like that's somehow an argument ender, but that really should have been like, "Wait, wait, wait a minute here!" Like if you've got eye problems like that, you shouldn't be out here calling this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then why are you a ref? we really should trade spots you and me it's a scoreboard braille no get out (laughs) for all those listening we 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 do make a podcast that's accessible to the visually impaired (laughs) spotify (laughs) now that's awesome ap what about your mum did she ever fire up at your sport when you were young yeah dad absolutely all of them so 
I think for me, like I played a lot of tennis and tennis is a very weird um, sport to adjudicate and ref from the side. So specifically junior and even, I mean, most of the tennis I played, um, it was always a lot of self adjudication unless it was like tournaments and whatnot. Yep. And I tell you what, there is nothing that gets some people fired up over someone calling a fault on an absolute hammer first serve <laughs> and, ev- yep. and everybody's yep. on the sidelines. Yeah, because they've yeah. got it's not that the end to end court view, it's a sideline view. Someone's throwing down some smoke, me, you know, just clocking them over 200. I don't know what's going down. <laughs> just and then you look to this, and yeah, there's the instant fault. Look to the side, and there's like a lot of people just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you can, like, you know, you're trying to get back into it because it's very hard to argue when you're self refing or umpiring your own tennis game. Yeah. And if you get filthy about it, you know, you're going to throw down a double. But looking to the sideline and seeing that, never good. So there's lots of like, you know, that's when like, you know, the, the mum applause comes out like, oh, good one. Like that was, you know, get that serve back in there. That was right there. It was definitely right there. You know, there's a bit of, there's a bit of that going <laughs> yeah. on. And you're like, okay, I, I know that my, you know, you know that your distance is there. And then, but I tell you what, like, especially in that, like, you know, footy and other team sports where there is actually a, an umpire going around, there's always going to be some bad calls where, you know, you cop a high tackle and, and everybody's like, oh, get off him, come on, that kind of stuff. Mm. But tennis really mm-hmm. got the most out of it because, again, all self-called, hammer shot in, someone just calls it no, and you're like, that was in. You know it was in. Um, it, it, what you've described there, like it, it presents the opportunity to where you, you have the best type of like parent fan smoke, and that's parent directed towards another child. Yeah. Like that's not theirs. And I've wit- I witnessed a couple of tennis matches that were self, like you said, like self uh, adjudicated, where some things got heated between like a parent and somebody else's kid. Ooh. Like we were, the guy was routinely calling uh, like winners out out the back, or like that were clearly out, like a foot or more, and he's calling them out. And like you as the opposing player can't really like say anything. I, I don't know if you can like call over to one of the coaches or whatever to eventually like settle dispute. I don't know how that works, but the parents on the side were getting heated in doing that passive aggressive thing where it's like, I'm talking to another spectator, but I'm actually talking to you. Power move. That's a power move. Yeah. The power yeah, yeah. Um, sidelines like, call. Can you believe the way he's calling that out? Like, <laughs> can you believe that third, third or fourth shot in a row? I can't believe he's doing there's that. Also the, there's also the ultra power move, which is, I'm just so happy my son doesn't have to resort <laughs> to that tactic. So that's that's like a double whack because it's like the whack on the kid who can hear it and, and probably parents. his parents too who are there yeah. going, wait, what? Well, it also like my kid's morally superior. Not only is he the better athlete, but he's morally superior. Oh, that's so good. Oh. I can remember like I can <laughs> – so when you talk about calling faults, I'm going to confess this. And I feel I feel like the kid's name was Alex. <laughs> I played in about year nine or year 10, uh, a tennis tournament for high school. I was calling a lot of aces that he was drilling as faults and he was getting heated at me. And I pretended I didn't speak English when he was (laughs) arguing with me over the net. So I just made up a language. So he's going, that was, that was an ace, man. What are you doing? I'm just like, hey, guys, I was hot. I've had And then just, ple- and you could see he gave up trying to argue the call with me because I pretended it just wasn't coming through. So, well, I mean, you spoke some kind of like vague Italian dialect. How are you supposed to yeah. communicate? But I can remember his parents, well, I assume they're his parents, sitting on the side. And as I came off, <laughs> my phone, I picked up my mobile phone and I think, I don't think it was my mum, but called my friend and been like, hey, man, are we still going to Jack's party uh, on Saturday night? Like, And they're looking at me and they did the same thing. Oh, your mother or father would be very ashamed of your behaviour, young man. I just remorseless. I won. <laughs> Pick up the bag. See you later. Chalk it up the W. Yeah. yeah, so normal team sports, like I guess when there's always that, like there can be dirty kids, like dirty players. So that always that always rise, raises one where I guess, you know, if you're doing any late hits, you know, pretty much that gets stamped out pretty fast. But mm. the tennis one was always a big one. Oh, self-refereeing, dangerous. That's just like, like even then it's just. Whose idea is that? It's, yeah. just, it's, not, it's just too much, uh, too much leeway. 
That's like original fighting with kids. I feel like every fight I ever got into as like a nine, ten-year-old playing with friends in the neighbourhood was always off the back of a sketchy call (laughs) in a game of sport. For me, it never helped. I had to effectively serve up. I'm not the tallest man out there. So I've got to serve (laughs) up and then still get it in. And then you're going against like bean poles that are just throwing down hammers. Again, it's a weird sport to self-ref. Very. Like, you, they would have been better off, like, instead of trying to save the money, just, like, roll down to the pub, find some dude. It doesn't matter if he knows the sport or not. You just need an intermediary to stop, like, a potential bloodbath between two children. Yeah. But then that also is – that was just the worst. You know when you're playing, like, your friend talks you into a – you know, a sketchy hockey team or a basketball club and it's where you put $5 in for the ref and the ref is just clearly some recovering alcoholic from the local, <laughs> like, shelter down the road and you just, you Who sigh. Who is checked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, checked out. Like, boop, foul. For what? Uh, the, the foul. <laughs> just, ah. We had the, like, in a adult sports league, back when I was still in the U S we had this dude who was notorious, like guys camped out on his phone. (laughs) Like we're, we're playing, we're playing, um, soccer on a full size pitch. He's the only ref, meaning he's got no assistance to like help him call off sides or anything. And he's literally just chilling in the center circle, like texting dude, (laughs) we need you for literally 40 minutes work with us like it, 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 like we're just getting kicked like there, like there's getting like these heated battles we've got 40 year old people just yelling at each other like guys yelling like why are you kicking me like this like i go to work tomorrow i gotta go to work tomorrow yeah. it, and he's allowing this to happen because he's like, i don't know like ordering pizza it, it, unreal it, to unreal. be fair he could have been texting his dad saying i think about the oval where you kicked 14 goals in that grand <laughs> final championship performance <laughs> is I'm this not, the right one and the dad writes back no, no no it was a different one yeah i'm not sure that, <laughs> i thought stuart semi jr was here yeah can, can you this, come down and check it out is, isn't this a stadium that's been renamed after you no no different stadium different stadium. <laughs> so the other not to delve too hard but the other the other peak cheating sport um we really should give these give these more time because we're probably going to come back to them yeah but golf oh that yeah. i mm. i found my golf ball Oh yeah, I've got to I've got to come clean like courts. I I definitely had some JV junior varsity golf experience where maybe I found a golf ball that came out of my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, wow his his rate of finding it in the tall grass is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> got it. What are you hitting? What'd you find? Yeah. Uh, it's the Callaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. Who didn't do the like where it goes into the hole next to it, pick it up, lob it, throw it like baseball styles over the tree line into the fairway, and then do the pretend. Ah, oh, it must have hit a tree and bounced back in the fairway. I did that heaps. Yeah. I bet. Got a bounce. I've heard. I still do um, that. Actually, heard lots of stories about guys getting found out in, in local clubs uh, for cheating. It's very, very, very big issue. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Not too long ago, a guy was actually like effectively the club champion, and uh, he always used to t- he always used to go out in the morning first thing with a couple of guys. Always go out there, and literally that they're like he's off he's off scratch or something like an amazing golfer. But they're always just like this guy's recovery rate is absurd. Like he's in the bushes, and then it's just like piercing seven iron that just comes through the gaps, and mm. and then they um they he got ratted out and they kicked him out of the club. What, so what was he was he hucking it like what was his method he'd just find his golf ball and then just pick it up and move it into a better spot so he's still awesome. a good enough like at the very least improving his lie like he wasn't playing it down yeah so like if he was behind a tree suddenly he was mm-hmm. he had a shot and he's that good of a golfer that he was able to he just needed to see mm-hmm. the flag and he could hear right. something yeah but so, um, ap i feel like you've just given yourself your tail to your kids that you were a champ golfer, but you were framed as the cheating golfer and kicked out of the tour. That's a good one. Or lost to the cheater. Yeah, yeah. lost to the yeah. cheater. Because <laughs> like, if you've got yourself an axe to grind, oh, yeah. that's even Like, better. I pushed but, him yeah. in the car park. I was so angry. And as I pushed him, 17 golf balls fell out of the leg of his pants. Like, <laughs> like poker styles having, like, aces up the sleeves and shit. Like, golf balls just falling out everywhere. <laughs> 
Like he just had some like old timey man garter, like where like you're just like snookering up like eighteen golf balls. Yeah, it's, the, it's it's when Mr. Burns plays golf as well, and Smithers is out there like great shot, sir. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. uh. I, like, like AP, you're so right. Like, there's so many ways to cheat in golf, from like simply misreporting the score yeah. to exactly improving the lie like it, there's so many ways to to cheat in golf like if there's not a lot of eyes on it's even like there's even the old one which you don't see too often to be fair it's the someone actually has their swing completely misses the golf ball and if someone's close enough and there's that did you practice did you ever swing there <laughs> practice swing bro practice swing no just, practice swing. And, practice like, and you're like you're really going for that one like yeah no practice swing just getting a real good feel for it oh yeah or the like addressing the putt and accidentally tapping it, but then acting like it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wind is so strong here. So frustrating. Can you believe it? They've really got these greens like marble. Yeah. Ball just rolls. <laughs> I mean, I just looked at it and it started rolling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I feel like we, the three of us, have now condemned ourselves to losing trust with all of our mates whenever we play sport with them ever again after they listen or watch. Well, this. with them, I play fair. Like with that, I play fair. It's everybody yeah. else. That I, I definitely do not cheat with my friends when I play sport. <laughs> not at all. So let's be fair. There's some sports you can definitely cheat in, but board games are the ultimate cheater's paradise. Like I maintain, I'm, I maintain I've never cheated ever. I'm just like, I'm elite. I'm elite at every board game I play. I had a stellar run of Monopoly. Still basically there. That's why nobody plays me. You can ring all my aunties, relatives, sisters, everybody, effectively undefeated. But that's why, Cordo, I know you are the champ of cheating mon- Monopoly. But yeah, we talk- I, th- I think we talked about an episode and then I, yeah, I got a lot of feedback from some people uh, back home who were like, you mother... <laughs> <laughs> As a as a neutral listener, I can say I was I was appalled <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> like I, I had some I I I clutched at my pearls a couple of times where I was just like, why I never? Yeah. I couldn't believe it's a weirdest it. thing. I got a text message from my auntie, and all it said was, "You're dead to me." I was like, "Oh, that's." <laughs> so ethically, <laughs> is it is it better to cheat if you're going to cheat at one board games or golf? Which one? Which one are you sleeping more easier on? <laughs> I'd sleep easier on both. So that's not a question. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like I save I save golf for like true buddies. I'm not going out and golfing like with random dudes. Mm. So I would feel worse at this stage of my life if I cheated unironically at golf with yeah good friends i'm more likely to get sucked into some kind of like weird board game party situation wow, i don't know these people yeah <laughs> like, like you f- like yeah what if we, i don't i don't care like, it, 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 how much does winning mean to me in this moment like, yeah, <laughs> like, a lot. am i willing to just like hoard an extra property yeah it turns out a lot <laughs> it turns out a lot yeah it's a, yeah. I don't know these people, but they will eat my dust. Yeah, like, like your friend invites you for a weekend away with some of their friends, and you're stuck in like a a beach house or a cabin with like eight people, and there's just a few knobs of dicks around the table, and you're just like, yeah, I'm shortchanging this ass hat when I hand out the cards. <laughs> like, dude, I'm good. Like, I'll I'll cheat at Twister. <laughs> I don't care. Like, just- yeah. No, no, no. My my knee didn't touch the ground. What are you gonna do? Go, call it to replay? Yeah. But check it. Check the tape. Check the tape. Oh, you don't have your tape set up? Rookie move. Rookie move. Rookie yeah. move. Like, I've got my tape set. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, cheating again. Like, I mean, look. Let's be real. Cards. Like, mm. card games is just. I feel like if you don't cheat at cards, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> it's like, are you even trying? Yeah. Are you even yeah. trying at that point? I thought we were playing cards. Yeah, like that. I feel like that's a given, right? I mean, I told you about my Scrabble thing, my Trivial Pursuit thing, where I'd actively buy the game and just read all the cards <laughs> read and the card. try my best to just memorize really obscure things that would catch everybody off guard. I really would, I really would not have expected that Quartz knew who the backup key grip for Seinfeld was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that is surprising. Yeah, exactly. He didn't even hesitate. Yeah. Crazy. 
<laughs> the compound of adamantium is <laughs> Wolverine. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So like who who's who's who implanted the soul of Ken Jennings in courts? This is wild. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, there, there's so many classics. I tell you, like, the Guess Who one where the person I was playing with wore glasses and I purposely angled the game where the light was bouncing nicely off their glasses so I could literally see, like, <laughs> their pieces just enough. <laughs> I think that's like, that's like movie villain. Yeah, I know. Like, like this, is, this is escalated to, like, the cheating tactics, like, in a James Bond movie. Like, it was Casino Royale. Like, yeah. this is insane. I don't think I was a sore loser as a kid, but I think I was very much had no shame in winning at any way possible. That's not a bad combo. Yeah. Like, I'd never throw, I'd never spit the dummy if I lost, but I would definitely not lose because I've cheated. <laughs> You you pair you pair that mentality with a set of good knees, and we're talking about like you know eight nine flags to your yeah. name. Yeah, exactly, exactly. God damn it, that mysterious car that hit me that <laughs> night when I was walking home from school. <laughs> got kneecapped by a pinto. It's crazy. Yeah, I can't believe I got stabbed by that guy the night before the big game. <laughs> right in the kidney, which actually happened to. An NFL player. What did he make? In a domestic dispute, got stabbed by his wife. And then the very next day, had a playoff game. So this happened. He was a Colts player, played for the Indianapolis Colts. The reason I know this, the team that I support. And they had a a playoff game in Peyton Manning's prime. I believe this was the first Steelers Big Ben Super Bowl run. And uh, at the end of the game, Steelers are just trying to ice it. They're up a little bit. And they're on the goal line, and they think they're just going to pump it in with Jerome Bettis, the bus. Speaking of thick boy power rankings, get that man in there. <laughs> We're talking about an offensive lineman that was given running duties. That's incredible. Uh, so anyway, so the bus is trying to punch it into the end zone, gets met at the goal line, fumbles it. So we're talking about the only way the Colts had like an opportunity back in this game's turnover. Here it is. Defensive back, I forget his first name, last name Harper scoops it up and because he'd been stabbed the night before he was unable to elude so one of the fastest guys on the field unable to elude big ben's pudgy ass and ben just kind of like falls over and clanks into his legs tackles him so instead of a guaranteed fumble return touchdown colts advance out of the wild cards advance in the playoffs they get stuck in a situation where Peyton has to heave a couple deep bombs, gets him in field goal range, but it's too deep and the Colts kicker misses it. So it all comes down to the fact that like we kid, that dude got stabbed and infected <laughs> impact of the game. Jeez. That's awesome. I thought you were going to say like his stitches came out <laughs> like <laughs> blood, like seeping through the well, jersey. No, like, he he yeah, like <laughs> might as well <laughs> like i mean I, i'm i'm sure like by the time i'm telling that story to my kid and i'm just like furious at the colts getting robbed of a what surely would have been a super bowl yeah. that it, like he'll he'll just be profusely bleeding from his abdomen we we had that with an afl guy this year with jack steven from geelong remember ap mm. like it was literally one night i was like jack steven won't be playing this weekend he was stabbed by his wife <laughs> And then the head coach the next day is like, there's no story here. <laughs> and the media's like, what? He's like, yeah, I don't see there being a story here. It's a private matter. Yeah, but he got stabbed. <laughs> yeah, next question. <laughs> I like, love the Officer Bar Brady approach to press conferences. <laughs> yeah. Nothing to see here. Move along. Uh, Australia is notorious for it. Like, if the coaches in Australia had to deal with US media, they would crack. They could not handle U.S. press, who actually ask questions and demand actual answers. Not, yeah, the boys are just trying, like as their response to everything. And then the the, the coaches get thanked for their valuable feedback, and they move on. Like, there's no, well, no, well, here, wait a second, like actually answer yeah. that. Oh, it's just the oh, worst. Dear. All right, well, I think that uh, we'll wrap it up there, Jonah. Thank you very much, man. We appreciate it. 
Absolute honor. Um, be looking for like my current article that's up on the website, yes. uh, but then also any future uh, trash I can get up there. We'll we'll be keeping it coming. Yeah. Well, I think the uh, the bad. We need to think about doing a bad parents article. I think <laughs> group contributions to just some of the shocking. I mean, I played country football in southwest and western australia i had some very graphic threatening heinous things said to me by 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 parents and fans from opposition teams then well was this b- before or after like attacks on the opposite sex yeah look as to be to be <laughs> fair i i all i did was kick a goal give them all the finger and spit in front of them but apart from that it was unwarranted innocent Innocent. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Punching that girl in the face was taken out of yeah. context. To be fair. <laughs> I allegedly spat near the guy's shoes. <laughs> Had nothing to do with me saying, I'll spit at your shoes. Get away from me. <laughs> I think the best one I got, though, is kicking a goal. And, <laughs> like, you know, country sports. I'm sure it's the same in the U.S. Like, just crazy feral fans from you know, different towns and these old timers were just giving me so much crap from the side and like AFL in country Australia, like they end up parking the cars like on the side of the ground on the grass. So Mm -hmm. the car's like five meters from the boundary line and blokes would sit like in their utes and stuff with their eskies and just hurl crap at me. And I had these old guys and I kicked this goal and I looked at him and I think I just said something like F off or something. And one of them's gone, keep yapping, mate. I'll wrap you up, tie you in the back of this truck, mate. We'll never see you again. And I, <laughs> and I remember sitting and looking at him going, ha funny. And then he started tapping and he, picked, he held up some rope. He had some rope in the back of his truck. And he's like, yeah, mate. <laughs> And then it went from you trying to get kidnapped. Yeah, then it went like from me being arrogant to then me just quietly going like, everybody else see this? <laughs> we're, we're all on the same page. Like you just tried to like take me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> oh dear. All right. Well, mate, uh, stay safe in Germany. Pleasure. Thanks again, man. We really appreciate. Likewise, it. To you guys. Thank you, folks. Thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed uh, the whole video experience. Uh, it'll be up on YouTube, which I don't know why I'm saying that because if you're watching this, you are on YouTube. Uh, but look, uh, we appreciate everybody listening in. Don't forget to check us out at the website. See Jonah's article. It's awesome stuff. It's hilarious. Everybody can relate to it. Um, as always, you can find us at the Sidelines Media on Instagram and all your major podcast platforms. AP? Cordo. Jonah, thanks again, guys. Cheers. See you later, folks. Bye-bye.